Hi, everybody. Welcome to 2ZQ Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and today I'll be talking about religious zeal. From Wikipedia, organized religion. Organized religion, also known as institutional religion, is religion in which belief systems and rituals are systematically arranged and formally established. Organized religion is typically characterized by an official doctrine or dogma, a hierarchical or bureaucratic leadership structure, and a codification of rules and practices. Organized religion is distinguished from broader idea of religion, especially in anthropology, sociology, and philosophy. American philosopher William James considered organized religion to be distinct from and secondary to religion in and of itself, stating that out of religion in the sense of which we take it, theologies, philosophies, and ecclesiastical organizations may secondarily grow. James further comments that the essential elements of institutional religion are worship and sacrifice, procedures for working on the dispositions of the deity, theology and ceremony, and ecclesiastical organization. Organized religion seems to have gained prevalence since the Neolithic era with the rise of wide-scale civilization and agriculture. Organized religions may include a state's official religion or state church. However, most political states have any number of organized religions practiced within their jurisdiction. Due to the structured, standardized, and easily proliferated form, organized religions comprise many of the world's major religious groups. The Abrahamic religions are all largely considered organized, including Christianity, Islam, Judaism, and the Baha'i faith as well as some of the schools of thought within Indian religions, for example, some schools of Hinduism and Buddhism. Religions that are not considered organized religions, or only loosely so, include many indigenous and folk religions, such as traditional African religions, Native American religions, and prehistoric religions, as well as personal religions, including some strands of Hinduism. In the modern era, the definition of the term religion is becoming increasingly opaque, making the task of defining organized religion difficult. Anthropologists, theologians, and scholars have thus attempted to embed the idea of organization into the definition of religion itself. Some examples of this are found in the definition provided by Clifford Geertz, who defines religion as a cultural system. Furthermore, Max Weber's prominent definition of a religion includes the idea of a church, not necessarily in the Christian formulation, but insisting on the notion of an organized hierarchy constituting a palpable religious body. Therefore, it becomes apparent that organized religion has also been considered as part of the definition of religion itself, which in the modern era has caused a degree of controversy with the prominence of aforementioned personalized faith systems. A new religious movement is a religious, ethical, or spiritual group or community with practices of relatively modern origins. N or M's may be novel in origin, or they may exist on the fringes of a wider religion, in which case they will be distinct from pre-existing denominations. 
academics identify a variety of characteristics which they employ in categorizing groups such as new religious movements. The term is broad and inclusive rather than sharply defined. New religious movements are generally seen as syncretic, employing human and material assets to disseminate their ideas and worldviews, deviating in some degree from a society's traditional forms or doctrines, focused especially on the self and having a peripheral relationship that exists in a state of tension with established societal conventions. An NRM may be one of a wide range of movements ranging from those with loose affiliations to spirituality or religion to communitarian enterprises that demand a considerable amount of group conformity and a social identity that separates their adherents from mainstream society. Use of the term NRM is not universally accepted among the groups to which it is applied. Scholars have estimated that NRMs now number in the tens of thousands worldwide, with most in Asia and Africa. Most only have a few members, some have thousands, and very few have more than a million. Academics occasionally propose amendments to technical definitions and continue to add new groups. So, my story of religious zeal begins in what is now Gristides on 8th Avenue in Chelsea, where there was a theater acting school thing going on. And I mean not Upright Citizens Brigade. The school seemed legitimate. Acting schools and theaters, like live music venues, were everywhere in New York City in those days. Just throw a rock and you would hit a performer and or break the window of a performance space. Little did I know at first that it was a recruiting front for a religious movement, as they say. So I saw this joint, they offered classes, and I walked in. They had the typical foam core poster, which was a blow-up of the repertory troupe, and printed materials with their credentials, as well as professional associations, which were all recognizable names. The teachers, performers, and the headline performing group had all been cast in a series of national TV ads and were recognizable in person as those guys from those ads. And they were also in the cast of a very popular British TV comedy program that hired them whenever they taped in the U.S., New York City to be specific. So they all had creds. Okay. The head of the school was in the supporting cast of one of the iconic 70s ensemble cast comedy drama anti-war films of all time. And a few others had recurring roles on soap operas. So cool, or so it seemed. I was in a class with three up-and-coming stars, all of whom were in successful indie movies at that exact time. Two were co-stars in a rom-com, and the girl from that rom-com married a very well-known actor who was in the cast of a long-running network TV show and is still a frequent recurring guest star on one of the most popular programs on TV, as well as a substantial role in a superhero movie franchise. I don't know if she was affiliated with the religious org or not. Her co-star, however landed a role in the cast of a very successful, long-running family sitcom, although his issues with domestic abuse derailed his career a number of years later. He was affiliated with the religious order. The third person was a very lovely girl who had starred in a number of indie films that were met with critical praise, and we got along well. She was also not affiliated with the religious org, just taking classes to sharpen her skills. I caught up with her several years afterward while she was on a date with a doofus who was overly excited to have snagged dinner with her. We winked because we both knew he was not sticking around past that evening. She was 
terribly and horrifically murdered in her home a few years after marrying a really good guy and she started a family. And it occurred during renovations when she complained to a worker about the mess he was making and he viciously attacked her, then wrapped her body in a shower curtain in the bathroom where she was found later. This was absolutely terrible. She was such a nice kid. But there I was at that time with all of this rising talent and everything was credible and the exercises were legit and it all seemed fine. One of the performers, the most normal of all, who was the nicest and most mellow, was also very friendly with me. He and he was married to a fellow troop member. He also had a legit day career in animation for a world-famous animated kids program. His mother was an extremely well-known TV actress on one of the all-time legendary hit comedies, and the actor who played her son went on to become a two-time Academy Award-winning director. This connection got the troupe performer I was friendly with a role in almost all of this director's films. The entire ensemble was also cast in one of the biggest turkey films of all time, a science fiction thing with poor effects and nonsensical storyline, dialogue, and outlandishly inept performances, including the nice performer, who was also known to appear in episodes of almost every network TV show does ads for everything from snack foods to toothpaste to insurance and was a contender on a top-rated reality show talent contest program several years back. He does have talent and is extraordinarily good at vocal impressions. So I took the class and made friends with four people. One was a very pretty, pleasant girl who the school thought I should develop a relationship with. <laughs> a, a guy I got along famously with who worked on Wall Street and wanted to add dimension to his soft skills. He was a great guy. Another was as dubious of the whole thing as I was, but a bit more outspoken about it. He was extremely concerned that he would be unwittingly brainwashed by these people because he had learned of their connection to their religious organization. I felt that my willpower was sufficient to withstand any attempts at indoctrination, which it was. The other guy was a pleasant good guy and took classes for fun. They took his money. I wanted to use the connections to advance my ambitions to be an actor at the time. I started to sense something was up when I came to a rehearsal one evening wearing a festively colored shirt. The woman who ran the school took a look at me and said to never trust any actor who did not wear black. Hmm, I said to myself. And from that moment on, I made sure I wore bright colors, unless it was an actual show where we all had to wear black as a troupe. Because <laughs> we were told by instructors that sleep was unnecessary, we could live on very little food, and we should devote ourselves to the process and memorize an emotional scale. The emotional scale being third-rate recycled pop psychology drivel in a repackaged formula printed on photocopied paper. You could easily detect a highly defensive attitude when you questioned any of their proclamations, and they displayed a seething, low-boil, intense hostility to anyone who would even question their divine, profound assertions. Some aspects of organized religion are consistent, eh? They did have other plans for me. Now, I am going to jump around here a little bit. I was accepted into at least the outer of the inner circles, as they were. I was asked to do favors. I was informed that they were all part of this religious org, and if I wanted to remain involved, I needed to go through a series of, let's say, interviews and procedures. I said I would be there tomorrow and walked away. They tried to get me back, but I was never available. 
one guy even grabbed me by the arm crossing Ninth Avenue. Uh, they became upset, called me a butthead, and attempted to intimidate and guilt me. I just let that die on the vine. They had since relocated to L.A. I remember uh, they used to announce regularly that they had put in a call to someone at the time uh, who was based in L.A. at the time, who by then had become a household name and who had been loosely affiliated with them in the past but cut off their relationship. Not only did they call, but they called on a continual basis. Not annoying at all. Years later... I saw the same household name make a mention of these same people never giving up and calling relentlessly as an on-screen aside on their eponymous TV show. Years after that, I became friends with a fellow who owned a dive bar in Chelsea, and he told me that while he was a Hollywood agent in his younger days, he had a number of confrontations with very well-known industry names, which left him embittered, as well as hostile confrontations with members of this religious sect and that they attempted to run him off the road in the Hollywood Hills on a number of occasions. When I informed him that the acting school theater had been diagonally across the street from his bar and that I could finish a few of his sentences because we knew their shtick well enough to remember it, we both had a good laugh and became fast friends. They, the troupe, found me on my YouTube channel more than 25 years later, acting like we were all still palsy-walsy after a quarter century of radio silence. Oh, sure, we still besties. The thing about them was that they tried to sell you on the idea of the belief system with the promise of getting everything you wanted here on Earth, as if there was a, a retail transaction going on. Follow these instructions, do what we say, and lo and behold, you will have wealth and power. And by power... I mean the sudden, profound ability to do and understand ideas and principles you did not previously have any knowledge of and put them into spontaneous action without any formal education or training. The knowledge and ability would suddenly flow through you like the force, young Padwan. I was asked to cater a wedding at the actual playhouse school for a couple, which I did, thinking it would grant me access to someone, anyone with connections. The classic delusion. I did the wedding, which was easy. Butlered apps, steam trays from mains, a cake, and beer and wine and champers. Nothing to it. After about an hour, a young woman I had not met before arrived and quite stridently announced that I'm in charge. What? Of little old me? This? You're in charge of this? It's three tables with plastic tablecloths and a low-rent spread, kid. You're in charge of this? As I learned later... This was part of the indoctrination of new believers to tell them that they must be intent, confident, aggressive, and assertive in order to take charge of situations and their lives. I was initially amused, then annoyed as she attempted to handle potentially dangerous items like my knives, utensils, flaming sterno, and trays of hot water without any safety precautions or knowledge. To say that she was abrasive was a gross understatement. She was not popular with my fellow classmates or repertory performers. The very last time I saw her, she was being carried off of the stage of Geraldo, the Geraldo Rivera daytime talk show, with her teeth gnashing as she was screaming out guttural sounds, hanging on to the edge of the stage sideways, which looked to be covered in indoor-outdoor carpeting so her nails had a bit of a grip, until a second stagehand helped lift her off and they took her away, arms flailing, legs kicking, and guttural sounds wailing. And that is how I will always remember that organized religion. 
my experience is the juxtaposition of two very different religious organizations, one of which was forthright and straightforward and served a sincere and well-meaning purpose. The other was deceptive from the onset, hid their true motives, and insisted on obeisance for any affiliation past a certain point. Not the other sincere place. I imagine they would ultimately also insist on that obeisance as well. However, you are free to believe what you believe while working there, and you would never be considered for any position unless you had the ecclesiastical credentials in the first place. So it never really came up. This religious society's purpose was to distribute Bibles. Their headquarters relocated from Broadway in New York City to Philadelphia in 2015. Being a skeptical agnostic, I was a bit anxious about working there, and it remained for the duration of my stint. I will say that almost all of the people there were extraordinarily sincere. For the most part, they were true believers, and pleasant to work with, although they were not exactly proficient or efficient in many tasks, it seemed. And they were quite pleasant to have conversations with, and boy, were they devout. They just believed what they were told without question. They had faith. Now, there was, during this time, a huge controversy about a Volkswagen ad with the song Da 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 by Trio. Some of you might remember this. Some might recall this as a big step forward for LGBT visibility, and the ad featured apparently a same-sex couple in a Volkswagen picking up a piece of furniture on the side of the road and driving for a short while, detecting an unpleasant odor, which prompted them to leave the furniture on the side of the road and then happily drive off. Uh, One of the women I worked with was a very sweet, patrician-looking woman from Connecticut, of course, and she was utterly perplexed with the ad. She saw it and thought that the guys in the ad were best friends. I explained to her that they were best friends, and she could not reconcile the idea that being gay and being best friends were possible. She really, really thought that gay people were self-loathing and committed these acts in shame and could never be happy or cultivate or maintain a relationship because she was told it was all impossible. She did a lot of blinking as the marble rolled around inside her head, but I think she started to get at least a little bit of it. A few days a week, a random preacher would seemingly appear out of nowhere and start sermonizing at our desks. They were visiting the place, and while they were there, they would launch into a fiery sermon with the Say it with me one time, and the Lord is good, and hallelujah. And it was funny. They had captive audiences. The HR head used to fire people in her office with the office door open, so we heard everything. And not only did she tell people why they were being fired, she would tell them what was morally deficient with them, which was also somewhat entertaining. That person was also fired while I was there. Some people were escorted out of the building by security. A place that hands out Bibles felt they needed to have security escort dismissed employees off of the premises. <laughs> okay. Answer prayers. Every day, a guy who sounded like Ned Flanders, highly held neighborino, would get on the PA and bing bong, the PA sound, would tell everyone to have a blessed day. It was quiet and austere. And there were multiple daily prayer circles and people having what they believed were experiences at their desks and up at the slightest incentive to sing, dance, and carry on, making joyful noise in the spirit. It was a trip. They would push themselves away from their desks in their chairs and wave their arms about with their eyes closed in some sort of fugue state, swaying to the feeling they had divine intercession in their lives. Really, it was a common sight to behold. 
I was hired to organize the benefits and retirement accounts for the entire place and all of their retirees. The idea was to compile everything into some semblance of order and then hand it over to a very nice fellow who was not Christian, but distinctly and also a talented developer who would eventually enter all of the information into a database he was creating to have everything in electronic digital format. When I got there, I kid you not, the entire benefits and retirement for the entire history of the org was handwritten on and attached to index cards, which had been removed from a huge library-like card catalog filing system and strewn all over the floor of the open office area. They told me they had attempted to start doing it, but it was too much for them, so they left it there on the floor. I actually had to begin by picking everything up and alphabetically sorting it. Oh, boy. They told me I was the answer to their prayers. Okay. I would have lunch with a developer and we would sigh, shake our heads, and then slowly go back to the office while avoiding the outstretched arms of our co-workers as we entered the lobby of the building, which also housed the chapel, who were engaged in one of their multiple daily prayer circles. I always thought that to them the job was ancillary, just a place they went to to pray as much as they could all day and maybe get a little work in edgewise somehow. Not a very productive environment. I happened to open a desk drawer one morning and found over six months of unpaid temp agency bills sitting in the drawer, all piled up and smushed together. I asked if anybody knew about these, and of course they did not. It seems that the girl who had been there before told everyone she took care of the bills, which was basically her opening the envelopes and then cramming the invoices into the desk drawer. I took it upon myself to add this to my job duties and sorted through them. It began another trip. It seems nobody was curious or questioned the lack of budget hits to their respective departments for all that time. When I had to bring the bills to the accounting department, which caused me to walk through a large swath of the place, which is silent as a church for the most part, I met with two very pleasant, very sincere, humble servants who were taken aback by the sudden influx of work and the huge amount of money owed, which had to impact and reflect against respective departmental budgets. Both of these guys wore business suits, but they were as far from flashy as one could imagine. One of them spoke just like Reverend Lovejoy on The Simpsons, and every time I saw him, he reached out his hand and said, Hello, friend. He wore a three-piece corduroy suit in the dead of summer. He had a framed photo of Newt Gingrich over his desk. After the first two days of organizing, sorting, and bringing the bills to the accounting department, there was a sudden PA announcement, bing-bong, informing all departments that, as of now, all temp hiring was on hold, except for the current temp staff of doodly doo The remainder of the week was met with a mixture of sadness, frustration, and gratitude that I brought all of this unpaid expense to their attention, and I still had to bring bills for the next three days. I could actually hear the moaning. Each and every single person I spoke to about this issue all had the exact same answer when I asked them why they were not curious about the expense and the lack of impact on their budgets. They all said they thought the Lord had provided. I was also coincidentally having a conversation one afternoon with a few people about my food industry experience and education, to which a number of people insisted that I go to their cafeteria, look at their facility, and add cooking for the entire place to my workload. Because again, don't I see, I am the answer to their prayers. By the way, the food was not good, but I did not engage in that conversation. Oh, hell no. 
that guy on the PA with the blessed morning thing was the exec in charge who had a limo with a classic chauffeur in the getup with the cap and the britches who drove him to expensive restaurants every day for lunch. <laughs> the exec in charge also had an executive secretary who was a raging show queen, a vivacious, flamboyant, animated Mary who would be on, would jump up and perform at the drop of a hat. How this was ever reckoned was beyond me. I think I might have heard the phrase confirmed bachelor used to describe him. <laughs> he sure was. Uh, the place had security guards who were all off-duty NYPD. I asked why they needed so much security, and one of them informed me that they received daily bomb threats. Come on now, this was New York, the capital of cool. you got to be cool with this if you want everyone to be cool with you. They just want to hand out Bibles. I have no faith in what they believe in, but I do not wish anyone ill or death or any harm whatsoever. I certainly would not want to do anything to cause any fear or hurt anyone, especially these extremely sincere people. So I organized the Bennies, and retirees who came in were overjoyed. Temp agencies called me to profusely thank me for repaying them, and I was offered a few jobs as a result. I took one of them. I really, really had to get out of there. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And as the kitties say, peace out. <laughs>